Hello, everybody. Hope everybody's having a fantastic Wednesday. We've got a very special guest helping me host tonight. Um, Hanson the cat is trying to bite my toe. Um, <laughs> but more importantly, we have our actual special guest for happy hour today is the one and only Jennifer Turcotte. She is from Charisma Charismatology, if I can speak. Charismatology. Um, she's a pretty extraordinary woman. I have nothing but respect for her, and I'm super excited to have her on as a guest. She's detailer extraordinaire, color correction specialist. She does ceramic coatings. She is the national training director for IGL Coatings. Uh, she does a ton of trainings uh, around the country. She's also a small business owner. She's detailed some phenomenally amazing vehicles that hopefully she'll tell us a little bit about as we talk. Um, and she's a huge advocate for women in non-traditional fields, um, women in the automotive industry. And so she and I have a ton of shared beliefs and, uh, and passions, and she's just kind of in a different area of the automotive industry than I am. So I'm really extra excited to have her join us. So without further ado, if I can see if she's asked to join, let's see. Yes, no, yes, there she is. All right. Lots of people were asking to join, but we're just gonna <laughs> All right, let's see. Waiting for Jennifer to join us. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Are you still working, girl? So sorry. Literally, I just sent out the last car of the day. And oh my so <laughs> um, I'm just uh, grabbing my little drinky poo here. And what are you drinking? Honestly, it's lemonade. But. Because I got to do a, I got to do another car ride after this. So because because it never stops, does it? What time is it there? It is seven oh four. How yes. late do you normally work at night? <laughs> um, you know, I, I actually kind of it. It kind of depends. I mean, I stay here sometimes, but it uh -huh. all depends on how much work there needs to get done. I actually got a really good crew of two guys that help nice. me out now. Awesome. So, um, I try to get out of here about like five or six, but I'm going to just kind <laughs> try of being the keyword there. Yeah. 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 That's like the part of being a business owner that most people don't get to see and don't realize is mm -hmm. the truth. Like looks right. real nice on social media. I mean, while we're, like, it does. <laughs> I know. Right. Sleeping at the shop. Well, so, so for anybody out there who doesn't know you, I want to kind of like rewind a little bit before we dig into stuff and, um, you, you don't, you do a ton in the industry. You do amazing work. You do a lot of advocacy for women in the trades. Like you do training within the industry. I, <laughs> last time when we were trying to hook up and set the timing for this, you're like, Nope, I've got somebody flying in for a training. Yeah. You're doing a ton. And I think that's yeah. awesome. Um, but how you did as you, well. how did you start? Like, how did you get into detailing? So um, the, the how I got into it was when I was about 15 years old, it was kind of like the cool thing to do to get a job at the local car wash. So okay. um, started off folding towels, pressure washing cars off, vacuuming, vacuuming them out. Um, and then, you know, that to be quite honest, I, I only worked there for a little bit. And then I worked at a dealership and um, it wasn't until 19 where I kind of took my jobs really seriously. So 19, um, I started at a floor service car wash detail center where um, you know I just take a lot of pride in working hard I'm very hands-on I like to I like to you know I like to work really hard to where at the end of the day when I'm going home I'm like wow you know like there was a lot that I did and 
um, you know, I worked at this place and the, the owner kind of took me in kind of like a daughter and nice. um, ran that place for a while. And then I tried going to college. I wasn't really my thing. Um, and then I came back and um, got another job while I was bartending and somebody told me I should start working at this, you know, higher end car shop. Um, which was Amola Motorsports, where I'm out of right now. But I worked for them for a couple of years, um, and then I kind of wanted to, like I said, step out from behind the curtain. I've said that before. Um, <laughs> and just because I knew that, you know, I love to work. I love to, you know, set myself apart from others, and um, I really like taking care of people, and I figured that going above and beyond wasn't going to kind of be like a fail for me. So, started my own business with absolutely nothing. I had to borrow money um, from my mom and then from a friend and um, got into a, a shop, a 3000 square foot shop, which I mean, it was way too big. I had like one shelf in the shop. I had a, a boom box given to me and um, you know, I was giving away details literally for about 200 to $250 inside outside. And that was like intensive paint corrections under, you know, engine cleans, interior, whatever. Um, and you know, I was kind of, I didn't really make much for a while and I was trying to I feel kind like of I've heard that story a lot from small business owners when they first yeah. took out. Yeah. I want yeah. to dig into that a little bit with you, but keep going. Yeah, no. And then, um, and then it just kind of like it grew from there. I, I, uh, the first year was, it wasn't slow, but I still had kind of like the people that knew how much I cared about like the little things. So those people still kind of stayed with me and were my beginning customers and what I call my cheerleaders. And, um, you know, I gave certain coding or uh, certain details away to kind of plant the seed and watch it grow. And it just kind of grew year after year after year. And how long have you been in business now? It's six Pretty years well. this nice. year. Yeah. That's, so that's a big deal. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. cool to see from where it started and like how right. much you learn and to where I am now. So, you know, I had my shop for a couple years and then, um, you know, it's crazy because the shop owner that I worked for is actually now my boyfriend. Um, <laughs> I literally kind of walked out on him because I, I wasn't getting paid enough. And then I started my own thing. And then, you know, we just realized that we both worked on the same cars. We started talking. I tried to hook him up with my girlfriend and then, <laughs> and then that didn't work, but I saw what a nice guy he was. And I'm like, wow, you're a guy that, cause it's kind of hard to find somebody that understands what you're trying to do. Oh, you know, yeah. the support system. Cause you know, some people get really insecure and then they're wondering why you're at the shop all the time. You know, whose car is that? How do you know him? Who's texting you? That right. sort of thing. So you want to have like a, a good support system. And he just didn't, you know, he wasn't worried about that. You know, he, That's so he, he understood. And what is your boyfriend or anybody else in your life? Like having people who are supportive and get what you're trying to do. Like it's crucial, especially in the early years of business. There's no way to do it, it without that. It is because if you have something or somebody that you really care about, you know, that is making you feel bad for what you truly value, you know, and you're not doing anything wrong. You're literally just, you know, trying to, trying to grow. And yeah, you know, I remember when I was so. first thinking about starting my shop, like a gazillion years ago, um, mm -hmm. when I, I hadn't quit my job at the dealership yet. And I was like, just getting ready to quit. And I was doing all the reading and learning that I could about being a shop owner and opening up a business. And my boyfriend at the time was like, I feel like you care about this business more than you care about me. And I was like, that's a sign that this is not going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like this is like, you've got to support what it's I'm not doing. that about more than or less than right. Yeah. Like, got to be supportive. It's just something that you, you want to do and yeah. you know, they should stand behind you with that. They, they should see that drive 
and, you know, encourage you to do that, you know, put the help, put the stop, you know, the spotlight on you and, yeah. you know, yeah. So there's something, so a lot of things that I want to ask you, but you, yeah, you started with virtually nothing, which was something that I did as well. And like, mm -hmm. I think it's really easy for people to see like, all right, well, you started with nothing. She started with nothing went into this thing without a plan, like dove in head first, right? And, and then mm -hmm. look, you've been successful. Like you've been hugely successful. So mm -hmm. if you had to do it all over again or, or like give advice to somebody else who's in a job and they're like, I'm fed up. I don't want to do this for somebody else anymore. I have an idea. I want to do it for myself. Mm -hmm. Do you advocate like just dive on it and figure it out as you go? Or do you advocate learn and plan and put in the work first like what's your sentiment on that well it depends if somebody wants to just you know like kind of like the position that i was in when i worked for you know my boyfriend um i kind of like got pushed to a certain extent where i was like doing a lot and then i kind of flipped him the bird and i was like i gotta get out of here you know yeah i was kind of like if people want to rush into something what i say of course like reach out to as many people as you know you know get mentors like there's a there's you know, a few different things that I say, like you definitely want to have like your own little group of mentors. So find people that are successful that you look up to um, that that you can get advice from um, and kind of surround yourself with them. Also, you know, surround yourself with people that want you to succeed as much as you do. Um, another thing is, is I learned that you should always have a 24 hour rule because there are business decisions that I've made or you know, somebody comes in, like I said, like, and be like, oh, that's a great idea. And then you find out from your mentors or other people, or you find out down the road that they're not somebody that you should really be working with. Yeah. Um, and then also, um, yeah, the 24 hour and just be careful who you work with. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, there's things that you should think about, like, you know, getting an accountant or the insurance stuff. Um, <laughs> sorry, we got an old, like, we got an Italian guy working on a 60 something. Oh, I don't even know what it is, but it's, it's working now anyway. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you want to dive into it really quick, just make sure that you're getting your resources, you know, yeah. otherwise I do think if you have the proper time to plan, absolutely, you know, get some, you know, shop around. Don't just hop into the first shop that you can find because overhead, you know, being here in Minnesota, I did not realize that we, I had biannual um, electric bill. And then, you know, when the, when the heat bill came, it was, um, <laughs> right. It was, <laughs> it shed a couple of years, you know? <laughs> so so here's, a, here's an interesting question for you as a business owner. Um, yeah. You know, I think people assume, and we look at the pictures on social media, right? Like mm -hmm. yeah. you're working on cars, but like taking lots of cute pictures and working on some really cool cars. And like, what's the rest of the behind the scenes? Like on average out of your day, what percentage of time do you think is working on cars versus all the rest of the crap? Well, if I think about, if I think about when I was, cause right now I'm mostly, um, you know, I, I kind of have two jobs. So I work with IGL Coatings, um, being yeah. a, a director and training and a sales rep, which I don't really consider it a sales rep. I literally consider it helping people. Yeah. But when it came, if I go back to like me, you know, detailing all the time, I mean, literally I was detailing nonstop. It was really hard for me to take pictures. I tried to take pictures when I could just to kind of show, because people like to see before and afters and, sure. um, you know, pictures of yourself do, I guess, like help. And sometimes they get more <laughs> likes, which doesn't make sense to me sometimes. I know. I know. 
you know, <laughs> we can, we can talk about that. one. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, um, you know, putting time into the work versus, uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. It's very stressful, you know, because you got deadlines and you got to prioritize. And like, you know, one thing that's very important is I find like getting a routine, but yeah, there's a lot of work behind it. There's, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person where, you know, I, I do have ADHD. I used to take medicine for it, but I don't like to take it because it makes me feel like I have a seatbelt on and I can't be myself. So I like to multitask. I probably have anywhere from three to five cars in maybe sometimes a couple more during the week for details and coatings. Yeah. And, you know, I'll sit in there, I'll do paint correction on one car for about four to six hours. And then I'm like, oh my God, I got to work on something else. So then I'll go yeah. wash a car or something. But yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's a, a lot I of I think that work. makes sense though. There's only like so long that you can be focused on one, one thing regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody, um, wrote in the comments and I think this is a really great, great question is how hard did you find it to get respect, the respect of men within the industry? Was that a challenge for you? Nah, not really. Because you know what? I just like, I know how hard I work and I've shoveled car wash pits. I've cleaned piss, puke, um, so many fleet vehicles, disgusting semis, boats, motorcycles, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. So when people kind of say stuff to me, I'm just like, you know, you really don't know. So, but there, I mean, yeah, there's people that when I started my business, they're like, mm, cosmetology, that's a mouthful. Or they're like, well, why am I going to go to you and not the guy down the street? And I'm like, that's fine. You know, when I first started my business, I went to the local car shops around me and I brought them cookies and cards and I'm like, Hey, you know, contact me. And, uh, <laughs> and then, they, and then they'd message me or they'd call me and they'd be like, I want a complete detail, including interior. And I'm like, okay. And then I go down there and they're like, well, that's not what I said. And you can't do it in two to three hours. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know like what, you know, complete is buffing and I can't buff a car in two to three three hours and do the interior and stuff. So, you know, it's, it was a lot of questioning, but I was just like, I just don't, I don't have time for this. I know there's people out there that do. And, um, you know, you just kind of got to pick, um, you know, pick the people that are going to respect your work, I guess. So time yeah. is important to me. You know, that's what yeah. I've learned. Absolutely. I, I like, there's, there's two pieces of what you said that I really like is like one, you, you kind of, you put in your dues, you paid your dues, you did like the, the dirty gnarly stuff and that's like you have yeah. to go through that i feel like to get to the working on luxury exotics right and i think yes yeah. yeah that's something i hear often especially with with young younger folks getting into automotive in all areas of the industry whether it's mechanical or detailing or paint work or body work like it's it's you know they just started out and they want to be in the paint booth already or they yeah. want to be working on the high-end cars and not be just yeah. doing the oil changes. And it's like, oh, that's just not the way it happens. <laughs> no, no, they got to respect the process. You know, like, I love that I have a kid that's in here and he understands, like, he understands that you got to, you know, clean wheels and door jams and possibly like scrub floor mats and salt <laughs> out of stains. And, you know, it's, I'm not making him shovel car wash pits, but I mean, still he, he doesn't fret about it. He's not mad that he can't just like start buffing right away. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's nice when you get the people that respect the process and the journey, because totally. you know, the journey, like if you go through that, like you, I, I will make sure that they are taken care of and they deserve it. And, you know, but people that expect things right away, it's just like, yeah, you, yeah, you work you for it. Time. You yeah. put in the time. And I think that kind of answers that question of how hard is it to get respect. It's like, 
it's when you when you lead with your skill and your talent mm -hmm. and and that's what it's all about like i think we we all have various challenges like i know i had a ton of challenges with people not believing and i think for myself at least it took getting to a point where i felt confident in mm -hmm. my skills before i was able to deal with the the people questioning and then mm -hmm. once once i felt confident then it was easy because then it was like yep. okay, okay cool like you think what you want to think Mm -hmm. Yeah. The one thing, like when you first start out, obviously you're trying to get business. So you are, you know, extra nice. Um, you know, you do bend, bend over backwards a little bit, but you, you know, and then you start to realize like, oh my God, I'm getting taken advantage of, you know, I got people that are like, well, if you do good on my car, you know, and I'm spending like over 10 hours on it and getting paid 250 bucks, they're like, well, I'll give you my next one. And I'm just like, yeah. And so like you, yeah, you do, um, you do learn a lot. And so. When it comes to pricing, because I think that's a really big thing. I know a lot on the mechanical side, and I, I know a couple of ladies on the detailing side as well who have, have mm -hmm. similar struggles. Like we do side work on our own, or we're going out on our own at the beginning, or we've started our business, and, and we're charging way too little. And that's something that you mentioned. Yeah. Like, How did you get over that hump of saying, my, my work is worth it? It's mm -hmm. worth well, it. What was that process for you? How did you get so, there? When I first started, obviously, I was just trying to, um, I was just, oh, my boyfriend's like, you need to paint the ceiling. He's commenting. Okay, anyways. Uh, <laughs> so when I first started, I was just trying to get business. So I was giving away details for $200 and $250. Um, what I was kind of doing is I was trying to, like I said, plant the seed and watch it grow. So I knew that with that work that I was doing for the price, those people were going to go out and they're going to be like, oh, my God you know, like this chick, she did all this work for me. I did the price and I kind of like, I kind of have some of those customers like grandfathered in cause they still come to me. Then, you know, I, I realized when I could not keep up with the work that was coming in, you know, I kind of bumped my price up, you know, to $350. Then I went to 450 and you're going to learn that there's going to be people that do not stick with you after that. And like, that's, that's understandable, but you know, that there's a lot of people that are going to pay that and they are going to pay what you're worth. So continuing to, um, you know, and now I have light and heavy details because in the detailing world, some people do not see what you see. So I was always going just as far, like as best as I could do, right. but you not know, like I said, half, half yeah. the people think detailing is just, you know, putting a wax on it and it's fine. They don't even right. think about paint correction. Totally. So, um, yeah, I, I just kind of. I realized what, what I was worth and I realized that people are willing to pay. I got my reputation out there and I mean, that's kind of, that's how, you know, my, my prices were raised, but I knew that I needed to start off pretty much giving it away and not making any money. See, and I don't know, I don't know that you necessarily have to start out that way. I think a lot of us do. Yeah. Um, you don't have to. No. Yeah. It's, it changes like how quickly you grow, I think, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. because it does get the word out quickly, but um, like I was one of those crazy people who started out, I charged the same amount that the dealership did when I left the dealership. They yeah. were at the time they were charging a hundred dollars an hour. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna charge a hundred dollars an hour. That's, that's my work. awesome. Cause I figured that's what my work was worth before. Why is my work not worth that anymore? Well, I mean, if you came, I mean, over time also, like with me putting in, um, you know, time into going to trainings and buying more buffers and having better tools, you know, cause when I first started, I was going to Harbor Freight. You know, and like stuff would work for maybe like three months and then I'd be able to upgrade. 
So that's when also like, you know, I put the time and the money into it. Yeah. I kind of got to like charge a little bit more and stuff like that. So that's why I also like, right. Well, I think that's the misnomer, right? Like people go out on their own and are like, Oh, well, I don't have, I don't have all the, the overhead the dealership had, so I can charge less mm-hmm. money. And then you get into it yep. and you realize you do have all of that overhead and, and you do have all of that skill too. Like you, you have to buy good tools. You have to buy insurance. Mm-hmm. You have to buy yes. like, you yeah, pay for a CPA and, and all of the mm-hmm. rest of the things. So there's so much else that like, you have to charge enough to cover all of your expenses. And I think that's where so many small businesses fail. So like making mm-hmm. it to six years, girl, like good job. That's not a small thing. Thank you. Any, Thank you. Anybody yeah. out there who's a small business owner knows that <laughs> anybody who's not, yeah. it's, it's hard to fathom, but yeah, making it past five years is a big deal. So you're, well, you're constant, like, Thank you. Like constant growth and like I just constantly wanting to better myself because I never think I'll be the best. You know what I mean? There's always room for more growth. And, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get to whatever. But that's, I an, mean, important, at least. that's an important mindset. The day we the day we stop learning, right, is the day we start dying. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Somebody asked uh, early I, on, did you ever trade your services like do barter work? That's oh an yeah. Question, because yeah, I do. <laughs> I, really I think bartering is awesome. Bartering <laughs> is awesome. Like for t-shirts or um, what else did I get? I got like um, these little uh, lanyards, um, <laughs> and little flash drives. What I mean, decals. I bartered like business my cards. Account. I bartered like yeah. I bartered everything. I actually belonged. There was a, a. I don't know if they exist anymore, but I belonged to a barter club. That was like a thing. It was kind of cool. They had like a network of. That's awesome. Oh, it was so cool. It was like 150 some odd businesses and you would do your services for somebody and you would get barter dollars and you could spend it with anybody in the network. But that taught me. So where is that? (laughs) I don't know if it still exists. It was called premier barter and it was a national thing, but I don't know if it's still around. It was cool, but it taught me that when you are bartering with somebody to still put a dollar value on it. Right. Because I think often with bartering, bartering is awesome. I love having a skill that I can use to barter, Mm -hmm. but I think it can be dangerous because sometimes you wind up in a situation with like an ongoing barter relationship where Mm -hmm. somebody winds up feeling like they're getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. So like if you can always keep a dollar figure, like I have a running thing with my hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Like every time she brings her car in, we put it in the little book, how much money it would have cost every time I go get my hair done. Yeah, that's very <laughs> smart. The little book, like, yeah, that's very smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, bartering is awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Right. I have to ask. Um, so I, I'm a big advocate of talking about our mistakes and our oh. lessons. So yes, what is 100%. your, what's your biggest oops? that you're willing to share on a car. Oh no, I'm always about, oh, my biggest oops. You know what the best thing about me is it's really hard, like I can't, I'm very honest. So if I were to, for instance, I mean, if you're, if you're a detailer, I'm pretty sure we've all burned a car, okay? Um, <laughs> time that I burned a car was, um, well, I mean, the first time I burned a car was on a freshly painted bumper and when I was like 19 and nobody told me that was freshly painted. Um, well, but other than that, uh, an oops would be, I think it was like on a, on a 930 turbo. I mean, that's a single stage paint. So, I mean, you, you take a paint gauge to it, but I mean, it's still kind of tricky. So yeah, I mean, obviously I go, I like to go the least aggressive approach and Porsche paint is usually very soft. 
So um, I think it was like on the back hip, there was already a little bit showing. So, I mean, uh, it was kind of like a, it was a black one and you could kind of see a little bit of a, it was a little lighter spot on it. And it's not like I went all the way through, but still like that, I would say that would be one, but I mean, the, the owner was right there and I always tell them right away, you know, um, trying to think what else, uh, I, <laughs> Oh, you know what? Okay. This is one thing that broke my heart, right? Oh, when, no. Right. When I started. So what I did is it's not really with a car, I guess. So okay. one of the barters. Okay. One of the barters, and I'm wondering if he'll be watching right now <laughs> or, his, or his wife, but he was one of my biggest mentors. You know, I reached out to him. He was the first car that was in my shop and I did his car and did it for free. I was just like, thank you for coming to my shop and then brought his wife's car in. Okay. And I did his wife's car and the whole time they were saying, you need to go to her salon. So I'm thinking, and I'm sorry, but like my dumbass should have thought about it a little bit better, but he's like, uh -oh. you need to go to her salon, blah, blah, blah. So I had called to make an appointment with her salon about three times. And I called there and, you know, they said they were going to get back to me. They said they were going to get back to me. And I just remember what I called one of the last times. And I was just like, you know, I've tried to call like a couple of times and I've had nobody get back to me. And I'm like, I'm, I scheduled it with this person. You know, she said that she was going to do my hair for me. I, I clean her car. Well, come to find out it's not her salon. So I guess like her, I don't know if her boss found out, but it was just a bad call on my part. It has nothing really to do with a car. I don't That's really, okay. I'm trying to think of like if, what, what I messed up on a car. <laughs> She's like, I don't mess up on cars, girl. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think if I did. Um, there might be something, I just don't know if I can think about it. That's I, all right. Yeah. So when you burn, like, if, if I were to, if anything were to happen though, you can't hide that, you know, the customer is going to come in and see it. They probably know their, their car more than you. The one bad thing is, is like, for instance, I'd say it was like two months ago. Um, I had somebody come in and they had a, um, I'm just going to say a black car. Okay. They had a black car and it was completely destroyed. Uh, you know, that's something that takes me hours and hours and hours. Yeah. I'm doing a two step paint correction on it. Um, I don't really need to do a three step anymore. I don't really pick up the rotary buffer very much anymore. Um, but yeah, it looked amazing. It looked absolutely perfect. And when you do something like that, you can't wait for the customer to come in and be like, Oh my God, like, wow, thank you so much. And like, I did, I did, I did it at a fair price too. But the one thing he did is he came in and I he called in and he said, you know, there's a dent on my car that was never there. And I'm like, Ugh. like first, if there was ever a dent in a car, I would call them immediately. And I'd say, I'm having my dent guy come over here right now right. and I'm going to fix it for you. But that just really stinks, you know? So it does. It does. It's the worst. And I think you're right. 100% like a always raise your hand the minute something happens. Right. And when pe when you have a reputation for that, then you, you have less opportunities for that. Cause I, I hear that all the time in, in, on the mechanical side, people, shop owners dealing with customers saying, when I brought it to you, it didn't have this dent and now it does. And I think it's so important to do that, like walk around of a car beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> so that you know. Right. And even do it with the customer. Take pictures. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. really- There wasn't story. anything. Right. The sad thing is, is like, there wasn't, there wasn't a dent, like I didn't see a, a dent there. And so I still don't, you know, when we asked him to come back and he didn't come back. So I'm just like, um, but yeah. Frustrating. Ugh. Yeah. 
Um, so I do have a question. When somebody, if you burn through a paint job, like what's the fix on that? How does that? Got to go get it repainted. It's a full. Well, not a, no, do the panel repaint. So we got, we got somebody that's right down the road that we go to. I actually just had my car, um, have some rust spots fix on it. Um, just in the wheel well, cause Minnesota. So, um, I really like them. So we send, we send it over there or else we have another guy that, you know, kind of depends on where they're at. Cause we kind of want to make it convenient for them, but there's a few people, you know, around us that we trust and that's where we send it to. But I don't recall the last time that's ever happened. That's um, I know that there's certain people that come in here that want to get certain things repainted, like their front bumper or their hood or something like that before they get a clear bra. So we send them to them also. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. It's good to have partner businesses that you do work with. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Now you work on like some really phenomenal vehicles. <laughs> like I feel like every time I'm on your feed, it's like exotics there's and fancy Porsches and BMWs and like all of the fancy. Yeah. How, how did you wind up doing so much on the, like the higher end vehicles mm -hmm. for, you know, anybody who wants guidance on how to get there? And yes. Then, yeah. How did oh, that sorry. happen? So, go ahead. Uh, so, um, well, when I, I mean, I was just kind of working on regular cars for a long time and working at the shop that I work at now, you know, they kind of introduced me to working on, you know, I worked on a Bentley and I started working on Porsches and Ferraris. And so that kind of got people to trust that I, you know, worked on those kind of vehicles. So that's how I got into those. So I, I suggest if anybody wants to try and get into those vehicles, um, you know, if they have somebody that has a, I mean, you probably want to get experience first. Um, <laughs> I, I would definitely like, you want to find somebody, I would try and find somebody that you could reach out to that would maybe take you under their wing. Cause I know, you know, if there's certain people that are trying to like detail Porsches or anything like that. Like I would love to help them and give them my guidance. And like, literally I'll get on FaceTime and I will walk them through exactly what I'm using, you know, what speed I'm on, what to look for. Um, you know, sometimes people won't reach out back right away, but I mean, there's other people that are very willing to help. That's awesome. Um, you know, like I said, working at the shop that really helped me. So when I left here, uh, people trusted me that I worked on Ferraris and Porsches and stuff like that. So when I got my first shop, uh, they would bring them in and, and it's crazy because the first guy that was in my shop that I was talking about, you know, we're still really, we're really good friends. Um, but he had a Porsche. He's a part of the PCA group, the Porsche club America out here in North and Nordstern and stuff like that. And he got me into a shop that specialized in Porsches. Oh, nice. And so I just kind of like, and I mean, now anybody that anybody, anybody that ever asks, you know, where do I take my Porsche around here? You know, I get people that hunt me down at the shop. They're like, oh, <laughs> I'm getting delivery. Like, I need to, you know. That's awesome. So it's, it's, really, it's really cool. That is awesome. Really so cool. what, is, what is the coolest car? Like, what has been your most like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm working on this? Hmm. <laughs> the coolest car that I Or does I've... it all become, does it not matter? Because paints, paints, paints. Ah, uh, you know, I did get to work on a Bugatti and a Kona Seg, which was really sweet. They look like little spaceships, but yeah, you know, they were that. Look those were completely clear broad. So I didn't really get to like work with the paint on it. Uh, Some so of the, the whole thing was clear broad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Because I mean, if they're spending like three or $4 million on it, kind of, fair point. Kind of, you know, <laughs> don't want to get that salt and peppered. It's yeah. Is three that, or 4 million? Just a couple bucks. Um, but there are, you know, I got to work, work on a Porsche Singer, 
nice. um you know got to take that to a, a home from a car show it was super cool but right. some of my favorite cars that i get to work on are the like big transformations you know the people that take me <laughs> yeah there's there's a couple people that i can think of that have given me porsches i just love porsches I'm, I'm working to get my first porsche i also nice. want to get myself my first um old beetle so i can kind of like <laughs> You know, like that's what my dad worked on and I really want to get one. My, you know, there's, I want to put air rider bags on it or whatever you nice. call it, you know? Nice. Um, oh yeah, no, actually, uh, I got to work on a short wheelbase, um, a 250 short wheelbase Ferrari, nice. which, which I think was, and that was not clear, Bob, but that was, you know, they say anywhere from 10 to like 17 million. That's pretty cool. But other than that, the, the transformation okay, ones nice. are, are my favorite because like this lady, she's 70 years old. She came to me about a month ago. Um, the thing was destroyed. The, the lenses were looked like somebody painted on like yellow clear coat on it. Um, I had to wet sand those out. Uh, there was some, it was kind of a tacky like decal on the side. The paint was completely wrecked. But I mean, that was a complete transformation. And she like looked like such a badass driving out here. Like she was just so <laughs> beyond thrilled. That's awesome. But, but something that I just kind of looks. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, I just, I agree with you on that. It's like, I, it's fun to work on cool cars, but mm -hmm. I think the most fun is when, regardless of what kind of vehicle it is, when you take something that's like total poop. Right. And you just kick its butt. Like that, right. <laughs> that's more satisfying than. Like people, you know, I've worked on high-end BMWs all the time. We're like, oh, you're so lucky. Like, it's a car. It's just a car. But it is really cool. Figure it out and dig in. Like, those are the fun ones. Yes. You know, the ones that look that have been sitting in the back of like a, you know, a garage. And it's just, and yeah. then you take it and it, you make them see what it really is. That really, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> what gets me. Somebody's asking, what is involved in a $3,000 detail? Uh, I mean, that would definitely probably I would, I would say that there's going to be a ceramic coating on that, but I would think so at that price, right? For, well, my boyfriend ended up buying a, he got a really good deal on a S63 Mercedes AMG. It's like a newer one. I'm not sure what year, but when he got it here, I know why it was $40,000 because the exterior looked like somebody washed it with like an SO, like a Brillo pad. So when you have paint that looks like that, especially when, you know, the, it's really that bad to clear out a spot to get the paint to look absolutely perfect takes a while. So usually when I'm working on a car and I'm buffing it, when it's not really that bad, I can do a section about maybe a foot, a foot and a half. For that one, literally, I was like doing really small sections. So if you think of how many sections you're doing um, all over the car, I mean, it, it would have taken me about maybe a week just to do the paint correction oh, wow. on that. So okay. yeah, that one would definitely be like I told him, I'm like, if that car came into the shop, I'd probably charge $3,000 for the paint okay. correction, maybe five for, you know, with the ceramic coating, probably four. But so, still. Here's, so that leads me to another question that somebody said, and I think this is a really good point. How do you know as an, as a car owner, mm -hmm. when that, what that line is between like, I need just good wax and good polish good detail versus I need a paint correction. Like mm. what's that? It kind of depends on how you take care of your car. So when I have somebody that comes in immediately, I like to do a consultation with them because I want to know, you know, how long they've had the car, 
Um, you know, when's the last time it's been detailed, who it's been detailed by, because it kind of depends if you go to a dealership, I'm not going to lie, but a lot of dealerships have people that, I mean, I've had people send me videos of local dealerships that the guy is like buffing and he has a microfiber down for his pad and then the microfiber flies off. He grabs it off the floor and puts it back on the car. You know, it just, it, dealerships can use rotary buffers. Yeah. The kids aren't trained. So that kind of scares me. So I want to know how it's been detailed. Um, you know, I want to know how they maintain it or how it's been maintained and how they plan on maintaining it. Because if they go through the soft touch car washes, soft touch car washes are essentially like a butcher shop because you're cleaning yourself with cleaning it with somebody else's like dirty rag. It's, you know, so I shouldn't go through those. No, dear. My paint's already destroyed. If you're, <laughs> I mean, if you go through like a, a lease or whatever, I mean, sometimes dealerships <laughs> don't really care because they think that that's what's washing the car. No, all my clear coat is peeling off. So it's, I'm beyond even your If you help need help, I'd be happy to help. <laughs> I need help. I need a lot of help. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it kind of depends. Like when you wash your car, if it is, if the water is just a sheet of water on your car, that means that there's no protection on there. If you wash your car and there's going to be, you know, little tiny water beads, there's some protection on there. Okay. Um, or, uh, I mean, like... Ugh. When it gets really hydrophobic, which means really, really tiny water beads, I mean, that's, that's a ceramic coating on there. But right. you, I usually tell people to at least get one detail a year, two details, you know, I recommend, you know, one right after the winter. But, I mean, if you're in the southern states, it's not really too mandatory. <laughs> All good. All I'm good. such a bad car owner. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. You know, sometimes people are like, I just need to get from A to B you know, right. and then there's other people that, you know, like to sit out there and clean their wheels on a Saturday and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But yep. <laughs> um, I do like to educate people as much as I can, because I mean, if it's something that they care about, I, you know, because when I first got started, I worked at a full service car wash detail center. I didn't realize that that was like a butcher shop for your car wash or for your car. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, well, like, it's like nice. you said, there's different levels of stuff. Like not everybody's looking for the $3,000 paint correction. Like, yeah. Color no. correction. What, what is the benefit, um, for those who'd like to know of a, of a ceramic coat? Why, what's that all about and why do that? Okay. So if I were to explain this, like when I'm, I'm not saying like a, because I'm talking, you know, you're a female, but when I like to, like, if I were to talk about it to a female, I consider it kind of like nails. Okay. When you go and get your nails done, or let's say you had fake nails on mm -hmm. and you take those fake nails off and your nails are kind of like, oh crap. Okay. You're going to grab that four sided nail buffer. That four-sided nail buffer, you're going to take the heavy buffing and you're going to knock all that down. Then you're going to polish it out to the next side and the next side and the next side. So now it's all nice and shiny. So if you were to put like a top coat of nail polish on there or like the nail polish and then a top coat on there, that top coat is going to kind of chip kind of like how this looks right here. But, mm -hmm. you know, if I had a gel coat on there, that's going to last longer or an acrylic. So the gel coat or acrylic is essentially like a ceramic coating. Um, nice. Yeah. So Good the explanation. Thank you. <laughs> so cosmetology, the salon experience. Yes. You know, Okay. how do you explain it to men? Because to men. men may not know what nail polish is all about. Well, what it, you know, ceramic coating is, it's <laughs> like a wax can last three to six months or three to six weeks, Uh paint sealant that's going to last, uh, you know, anywhere up to 11 months. A ceramic coating is going to last years. So it actually is more durable. So it hardens the clear coat. So, okay. you know, usually when you're wiping a car off with a towel or something, you can put hairline scratches in it. Um, if you have a ceramic coating on there, it's going to make it, uh, you know, more durable. So it's not scratch resistant all the way, but it's scratch resistant to a certain extent. So I'm, I'm going to... 
I'm going to ask you on that, like, can you, so the ceramic coat, coating, you can do at any point in the life cycle of your car or does Absolutely. it have to be done? Okay. No, no. I mean, it's preferred to do it right when you get the car, just because, uh, you know, the paint correction, because I want to, if I'm going to apply a ceramic coating to it, I mean, it doesn't uh -huh. matter if people will be like, oh, well, I only got, you know, I've gotten a car for, with 25 miles on it. Um, and it's hacked up by a rotary buffer a rotary buffer like if you ever go to a car and you see kind of looks like the paint is dancing with holograms that's a rotary buffer that wasn't um they weren't finished it out with finished out with a dual action buffer gotcha. so you know it can i'm, I'm always going to check over the paint or there's going to be contamination all over the paint from it being in transport so i want to do a paint correction but it's usually a very light paint correction if it's on a newer vehicle so if you have the car and like I said, it's never been detailed for a really long time. Yeah. You're probably going to probably going to need to spend a little bit more for the paint correction. So kind of ideal to do it earlier on in the life yeah. to protect it and keep it from getting bad. Once it's gotten yeah. bad, yeah. got to do the correction first. I mean, yeah. What do you think, what are your thoughts on clear bra? You were talking about that. Oh. On, like, is that like, is that the mountaintop or are there downsides to it? So people always ask me, they're like, do I get a, you know, a clear bra or a ceramic coating or, you know, and I always say, if you're going to choose between either of them, get a clear bra because a clear bra is going to stop a rock going, you know, at, at 60 miles an hour hitting your, hitting your hood. A ceramic coating is not going to do that. But, you know, if you're looking for maintenance, like the best perk about getting a ceramic coating is, is the maintenance. It cuts down time significantly because, you know, you can literally bring it in, rinse it off most, most nothing wants to stick to that car. So yeah. you're rinsing it off. Um, you definitely want to do, I always do a foam bath or a soap bath because you want to have some light agitation on the surface. It's going to take, you know, any sort of dust or whatever off. Most of it comes off with the first rinse, but it just cuts down time significantly. So it's a lot easier to maintain. Interesting. Okay. Yes. So here's another question for you that you saw in the feed. What are mm -hmm. your thoughts on wraps? Are they, do they damage paint? No. Are no. they ever? I do suggest maybe getting a light, you know, get a decontamination wash. So light decontamination wash, or I'm mean, not a light, but so um, if nobody knows what clay barring or iron and fallout remover is. Um, I know so, about clay barring. What was the other thing you just said? Iron and fallout remover. So what that does is, you know, imagine your paint, well, your paint is very porous. So the contaminants that get into the pores of your paint, um, imagine them like splinters. So the clay bar, yes, that's going to get, you know, what's on top of the paint or the splinters to come off. But what the iron and fallout remover is going to kind of get whatever those contaminants are into the pores to bleed out. So it almost looks like your paint is bleeding, like a purple color. So you want to do that before. And I was... I always tell people to get a light polish after you clay bar because clay bar is essentially kind of like a light form of wet sanding. Okay. So if you ever use like a heavy clay bar, you'll notice that there's kind of like, since your paint's porous, it kind of has like a orange peely look. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it kind of looks like a little cheetah effect if you clay bar because yeah. you'll see whatever. Um, if you get a light polish on there, that's nice. It'll kind of disguise that. But I mean, if you're putting a, a wrap over any of those contaminants, something could happen underneath the wrap. So that's why I just say, like, get it a little bit cleaned up before you put the wrap on. But, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with the wrap at all. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Good to know. Yeah. And then there was a question, like, ways back. I don't know if he's even still on, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I feel like it kind of fits in with this whole theme of, like, actual technical questions for you. Yes, um, Is how can one and can one polish or buff or detail or, like, treat 
a patina vehicle. He's mm. got a, bar, a barn find that's got a patina. How does he polish that up? Oh, you know what? I'm not a complete expert on that one. There is, okay. there's a guy, like, I mean, I would still go at it. Not going to lie. <laughs> I have a feeling that that would be your style. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? Let's do this. So, yeah. um, you know, I would probably, like I said, I like to do the least aggressive approach at first. Um, the, the company that I work with, they do have a product that is a rejuvenating polish. So I'd probably try and use that. Um, otherwise, you know, you can do wet sanding and get that. Sometimes you can highlight that patina stuff. I went out and visited one of my buddies out in Washington. He's one of the best, you know, wet sanders and polishers that I know. Very happy to be friends with him, but you know, he does amazing work. And when I was out there and I was wet sanding with him, you know, he was working on a truck that had, you know, some patina and like rust on it and stuff. And, you know, he just like break through that layer of crud and, you know, and then you buff it and you like, highlighted little rough spots and stuff and it looked great yeah, so nice. All right. it's nothing that I wouldn't try to do cool yeah so somebody had asked they had sent in when I first posted about happy hour with you somebody had asked if if like an average car owner wants to learn mm -hmm. what are some resources that you recommend and are are there anything like I'm a big advocate of people taking on their own projects but I also yeah. kind of am an advocate of knowing when to stop and like where you can start doing more damage than good. So, oh yeah. Like, like when so, is it time to take to the doctor? So what do you recommend, like where people can go for resources, but also like where should they not go past as far as trying to do themselves? Um, where they can go. Like for instance, you know, I have, you know, I'll get some customers that come in here and they're like, yeah, I'm going to do the ceramic coating on my car. I really don't want to not try and help them because uh, you know, I'll give my advice and I'll tell them, you know, what they should look out for, what pads they should use, that sort of thing. There will be somebody that will help you. You just kind of got to just don't be discouraged if the first person you ask doesn't help you um, to go too far. Um, yeah, just be careful. Don't start wet sanding stuff if you've never wet sanded <laughs> stuff. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Don't start using a wool pad and a rotary buffer if you've never done that at uh, if you're thinking of like using something that's aggressive, maybe do a little research on that first, you know? So. Yeah. I think that's probably generally a good idea. Like if you're going to tackle anything in life, mm -hmm. you know, do a little research first and yeah. maybe like have a friend with you who's done it before. Right. <laughs> or as a resource to phone yes. a friend, right? <laughs> yes. Phone a friend. Because you don't want to screw up your paint on your beloved car. No, no, like, no. If you've got an old beater and you just want to practice on, go for it, right? Yeah, but. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Having something to practice on is, is very good too. That's what I would suggest. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, all right. I have, this is a personal question I have to ask. Do it. As, as I was looking through your photos, I have to ask your Joko, Joker photo shoot that you did. Mm -hmm. What yeah. was that all about? It's badass, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. So we had uh, one of our customers um, bring that in and I'm kind of, I'm a really big fan. I like, I was all into Batman when I was like a little kid. I had my Batman cards. I was Batman for Halloween when I was like five. <laughs> so I've always kind of liked Batman and I really like, you know, the new Joker movies. So this green SVJ came in and um, I don't know why, but I have a couple of my um, accounts slash friends. Um, it's nice because, you know, working in this industry, people become, you know, <laughs> they become friends. It's totally. really cool. Yeah. So anyway, they are really big fans of the Joker too. And I remember I sent the one picture, I sent the car to one of my buddies and I'm like, 
This just reminds me of the Joker. I just don't know why. So then when it was in here, I called one of my photographers and I'm like, look, I have an idea. I just want to do it. So he came in here. I just got done working and, you know, I probably rushed a little bit. I didn't prepare, but I found some of like my makeup. I literally took like, I don't know if it was like chalk or something. Yes. No, it was like these pastels, these white pastels. And I crushed it up and I mixed it with like my makeup. Oh my God. And I'm like, I'm just going to try this. So I put it on my face. I took my eyeliner and I drew it and I put lipstick all over here. And I grabbed these, um, what is this? They're like um, little chalk pens or something. Oh my God. And I put the green in my hair and I <laughs> just, and I, that one where I did the high kick, I almost fell like that was almost <laughs> me That's eating sore. it. Yeah. So, so if anybody know. hasn't seen these, first of all, make sure you follow Cosmetology on Instagram and wherever. Are you on Facebook too, I assume? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So Cosmetology on Instagram and Facebook. Make sure you follow her if you don't already. Did you see that? I love it. You just bit me. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. I just saw the cat. I didn't see him bite you. <laughs> he just bit me. He doesn't like oh, no. me talking with my hands, apparently. Oh. I'm not petting him. But yes, everybody out there, go follow this lady and scroll down in her feed because she's got this like incredible little photo series shoot with what car? What was the Batman car? It was, well, it was just a, it was a Lamborghini SBJ. Okay. Yep. I was, I wasn't yep. like super paying attention to the car because I was just like, no. look at that makeup. Damn. Like, thank you. <laughs> like, thank you. All of it, the whole, like everything about it was super cool. <laughs> thank you so much. So did you have, did you have a makeup background at all? Like you talk about, I mean, you're putting no. random ass stuff on your face. <laughs> no, I just kind of your business. wing it. Yeah, nice. I just kind of wing it. I don't all know. Right. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Yeah. How did you come up with the name of the business? Where, what was that about? Um, I remember when I was working here at Amola and I kind of always called it my car cosmetology. And then, you know, there was one night where I was just like, you know, my mom's like, you got to think of a name. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do Jen's garage or, um, you know, I, I just wanted it to be like, I, 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 then I started morphing like cars and I spelt it really weird. It was like something where you'd look at it and you're like, I don't, I wouldn't even understand how to say that. <laughs> and then I spelt carsmetology and I didn't realize that I did it C-A-R-S-M-O-T-O, -O, you know, cause I like cars moto and then it just turned into carsmetology and, you know, like I said, people had doubts on it at first and gave me crap, but I was just like, I, I really like awesome. it. I think it's Thank awesome. You. I think you've, you've done a great job branding yourself and creating an image and a look. And that's, that's not an easy thing. So mm -hmm. like, I definitely want to give you props and recognition for that. You've, you've done good. Thank you. Thank done you very good. much. Yeah. <laughs> Same with you too. Thanks. So cool. Yeah, it is so cool. This is awesome. So what's next for you? Um, what's next for me is, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to have um, a company believe in me and back me up. Um, you know, I do get to work here at my boyfriend's shop, which is really awesome. Um, but sorry. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that I, I work with a company that is like a, a family like feel and share the same values as me and allows me to be able to teach and like like teaching people, shining a car is really cool. But like at the end of the day, for me to be able to help somebody maybe in like the similar situation that I was in, or, you know, maybe they're still at a car wash or maybe they got two buckets and they just like are going from place to place. And, you know, I want to help people save time and money and, you know, so they can spend more time with their family and just teaching. Like sometimes I feel like I'm overbearing 
And I also feel like, you know, sometimes people question me and, you know, I started using these products um, for IGL coatings and they, you know, like the whole product line works. Um, I can't really sit and push anything that I don't believe in. And so it stinks sometimes because, you know, I'll sit there and talk to somebody and I get really excited about it. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, you work for the company. So you have like probably a biased opinion. You're like, no, I'm like, excited about it. Like that's why I work for the company, not vice versa. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I get like, there's, there's, I'm not going to make everybody happy. There's people out there that are going to probably question it. And, but you know, there's also a lot of people that once they do try the stuff, they're just like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times a day that I get people that say thank you. And you and I both know that it's, it's a wonderful thing. It is like, it's, it's a high. So that's just, I just, I'm going to continue to do that and continue to grow and, that sort of thing. Yeah. Very cool. I love yep. it. Yeah. So what, how can people reach out to you if they want to get training? Do you do one-on-one stuff or do you do yeah. through IGL or? Well, right now, kind of during the whole COVID thing, um, we aren't really, we usually have trainings that we go to. Um, I am, you know, usually in my car driving around the country, stopping at shops, either just hanging out and polishing a car and showing people stuff. Um, nice. But people can reach out to me either Instagram, um, Facebook, um, they can email me um, just at carsmetology at gmail.com if they're interested. And in, I mean, I don't really want to like solicit on here, but like, no, I, please. Um, I like, I, I love IGL. I'm telling you, like, that's, it's an amazing brand. It's a, it's, they, they set you up with everything. We try to set you up with success. It's all, you know, we're all like a family. And so, um, you know, my, uh, my email is jturcott at iglcodingsusa.com. Um, but yeah, I, you know, mostly I'm, I'm a lot on Instagram. So cool. people want to reach out. I'd be, I'd be happy to help them out. Awesome. And yes, guys, please do take advantage of that. I, from what I've seen, she's super accessible. And, and as you can tell, she loves teaching and sharing her knowledge and, and yeah. everything. And so make yeah. sure if you don't follow her already, make sure you do follow her. We have spent a whole hour talking yeah. and I know we had to split it up a little bit because of silly technology, but yes, sorry. I am so, so glad that you said yes to coming yes. on here with me. Yeah. I've had so much fun talking with you. Yes. Is there any, is there anything else that the world should know about Miss Jennifer Turcotte? No, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. This is such a cool opportunity. Absolutely. It's really My cool. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. I look forward to the day that we actually get to meet in person. It'll happen, girlfriend. Yeah. One day soon. <laughs> yes. All Thanks right, everybody guys. for joining too. Yes, thank you all for joining yeah. us. Thank you all for your all your great questions. This will be up on IGTV after this, so you can watch it again and glean all of the knowledge that you can out of this amazing woman. And then check her out, follow her page. Thank you so much for joining me. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. All right. Bye, honey. Bye. <laughs>